If money affects your life in any way, Money Making Sense will talk about it. Be financially healthy, wealthy, and wise. Here's your host, Heather Kelly. Welcome to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we are going back to the basics. How do you save money? So joining me today is Marlo Oaks. He is the Utah State Treasurer and also Susan Spears, who is the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. And UACPA is the sponsor of our podcast. So we're very happy to have them on board. So welcome to the show, Marlo and Susan. Thank you. Thank you. Marlo, I'm going to start with you since you're our state treasurer and I know you need to deal with money on a state level. How do we bring that down to a personal level and save money in our own lives? Well, you know, it, it's it's like a state. It, it's never too soon to start saving, right? All of us individuals, even if we're young, we were never too young to start saving, never too old to start saving. And it really comes down to a regular kind of on a schedule, perhaps putting aside money and, and identifying really specific measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound goals. So we call those SMART goals, right? To to set an amount that we can save and then do it regularly. That's really, in my mind, the key because as you regularly do that, you create a habit. And then before long, that money has grown to a, a reasonable pool. Well, the best way I know how to save money is not to spend it at all. The problem is... <laughs> Right. But the problem is, is we have mortgages or rent and we have groceries and we have utilities and you have to buy gas if you have your own car and you're getting to and from work. So the state, Marlowe, is not great about paying us a lot of money as other states are. So exactly how am I supposed to save money? Well, I think one of the, one of the tricks and, and things that people can really focus on is um, debt. Because when we're in debt, when an individual is in debt, you end up paying the person or the entity that you owe money to interest. And when you save, you're getting the interest yourself. And so by paying off debt, you are eliminating a big chunk of money that is going to others that could be going to yourself. So that's that's what I recommend is people focus on debt, particularly the debt that has higher interest rate on it. Um, really focus on eliminating that. And as you do that, then you can put money towards other debt that you might have at a lower rate and so forth until you've eliminated debt. Susan, maybe you have thoughts on that as well. Well, I think that you're right. We pay, you know, we know that credit card debt is continuously climbing. We're in a time of inflation. People continue to spend like they did at pre-pandemic levels. We're noticing that credit card agencies, I mean, credit card percentages are back up to 29.95%. Mm. And so we look at credit card debt and it's being annualized at a 30-year term. And so we've really got to watch what we're spending. We don't want to be financing that $5 cocktail over 30 years and, um, you know, keeping those minimums. But I think also you have to look at the behavioral aspects of spent, of how you're spending and how you're saving as well. Yeah, one of the tricks that I do from time to time, I, I'm not a huge spender, but when I do buy things, I always make sure I get it on sale. So I scour, I'll, I'll take weeks to find the, the best price. But if the normal price was $100 for whatever I'm buying and I get it on sale for 80, I will take $20 of what I saved 
and put that in a savings account or move it into my IRA. You know, you just made a great point. I mean, that you're scouring and you're watching with what you save, um, you know, to get that best price. And I think oftentimes many of us kind of get into impulse buying. And so we want that new pair of shoes. We want that new pair of slacks or new TV or whatever. And if you put off, you know, do I really need it today? And give yourself, maybe put a buffer between what I want right now and when I think I want to purchase it. Oftentimes we find that, you know what, I really don't need that new TV. Or, and this is hard for me to say because you know I'm a shoe enthusiast. <laughs> I really don't need that new pair of shoes. Yeah. You know, so maybe putting a buffer between what you're buying and when you intend on buying it helps as well. And, and sometimes saying, all right, I need to get rid of something before I buy something, right? Okay. Um, and, and also something that you mentioned, Heather, that got me thinking is that sometimes we might buy something that's less expensive, but it doesn't have as good a quality and it won't last as long. And you end up, you know, spending more over time rather than maybe saving up for a higher quality, the same thing that's higher quality, but it lasts longer. These are just a few like general tips that most people know. But right now, as Susan mentioned, we are facing inflation. So what little amount of money some people may have been able to put aside a year, year and a half ago, that's kind of gone now. So how do we save while prices are still going up? Not as steeply as they were over the last year, but they're still kind of creeping up there. Well, I think that you can do a couple things. We know inflation is going. I mean, one thing that I've noticed myself starting to do again is being the main purchaser of groceries in our household. I'm watching grocery ads again. And so I'm planning my meals around what's on sale at the grocery stores. And, and not, you know, and, and actually cooking the meals. I mean, I think that a lot of us have gotten in the habit of, oh, let's just go grab a bite to eat. Well, food costs by the time you do food, tip, transportation. I mean, if you're doing, if you're having someone deliver to you, that starts to add up. But I think just some simple things like saving. I mean, watching the grocery ads. During the pandemic, I had gotten in the habit of getting DoorDash from time to time. And what I noticed is not only are they charge a delivery fee, but then they have an extended delivery fee if you're a block away further than what they want. And then you've got the tip on top of that. And by the time you do that, all of that delivery fee and tip is about the same price as the food. Yeah, you've doubled the price of, of right. the meal, right? Yeah. And it doesn't taste that great. <laughs> right. It doesn't exactly. quite, it doesn't taste twice as good. Right. Oh. <laughs> One thing that I, um, another thing that people might want to consider is how looking at how they can improve their earning potential. And so, you know, maybe there's some education or a credential or finding a way to be more valuable in the marketplace, right? To, to increase your earning power. That's another potential strategy that can keep, people can look at. We need to take a break. When we come back, I might want to go a little bit more into that income potential uh, if we need to or changing jobs. But we'll be right back with Marlo Oaks. He is the Utah State Treasurer and also Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that it affects your life in any way money-wise. We're talking about it, and today we're going back to the basics. How do you save money, especially now that we have inflation, and we've got some ideas kicking around. Joining me today is Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of CPAs, and also Marlo Oaks. He is the Utah State Treasurer, and we have faith, Marlo, that because you're a state treasurer, you know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> we're, we're, we're gonna go well, with thank that you. Yes. <laughs> all right so uh just at the end of the last segment we had discussed a little bit about possibly needing to pick up extra income or maybe even you're looking at changing careers completely because a different career might pay more so what are some things that we can do or ways we can improve our skills to do that so I think one of the one of the things, even just not even uh, changing careers necessarily, just improving the skills that you have. You know, you might be doing bookkeeping, and and then maybe you take some additional classes that would help you increase your earning power that way. Right? There's different ways to move from kind of the lower rung, maybe to a little bit higher rung, even within your uh, field, whatever it is. You know, I, I helped start a nonprofit organization, the Stella H. Oaks Foundation, that helped single moms with education so that they could earn more money and, and support their families more effectively. Um, and so looking at education, if some, somebody hasn't finished their formal education, that's another way that, that they could increase that earnings power. But even like our technical colleges, that's one of the best ways and one of the least expensive ways to get training and skills that that might help somebody earn more power, have more earning power. Yeah, we're, we did a news story, I think it was today or yesterday, that a lot more people are skipping college than ever before and going straight into trades because it's more like an internship, but you usually get paid some money on these, especially if you're doing plumbing or electrical. So that could be a way just to get straight into a job that will give you really good skills that pay a lot of money by the time you get certified. Yes. Oh, yeah, because we, we have such uh, a need for a lot of those those trades. Uh, it, it can be a great way to go. Well, I think the trades, we, we often discount them. You know, these, these people that are working in the trades, plumbing, electrical, welding, I mean, HVAC, a lot of these, they do pay well, and they are interning as they work to get their licenses if it's a trade that requires a license. But but they're also going to come out, and they'll be they will be making a good working wage, sometimes better than a college graduate. So I think that we have to be careful not to discount our trade and technical schools. And another thing along those lines, often employers will help employees get the additional education they need especially if it will in, improve their job production or their, you know, just their knowledge base within their own job. So I wouldn't hesitate as an employee to ask my boss if they would be willing to help facilitate additional education. Yeah, my work pays for at least half. As long as I'm in some way helping with my broadcasting, news writing, they pay for college for that. So. Yeah, yeah, and just ask, you know, you could ask your employer what kinds of skills would make me more valuable, right? And 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 would the company be willing to help me 
pay for those. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, that's a great conversation to have. Now that you're talking more of a long term goal to increase your wage, but that will help you save more money if you're not spending more at the same time. But it's not something that you're going to necessarily see an immediate result on in your savings account. That, that's right. And, you know, I, I was at uh, elementary school this morning and talking about saving money. And, you know, I told the kids, before you can save money, you have to earn money. <laughs> right? So you have to have some level of income coming in um, in order to save. And, and so that's a critical component of, of the overall picture. Year and a half ago or so, we started hearing about this great resignation where everybody was quitting their jobs especially at the peak when everybody could work from home. Now a lot of companies are just, eh, we want everybody back in the office. But there are still, around the country, some of the lowest unemployment we've had in decades. And it's because people are going elsewhere. But it doesn't seem like they're even opening up their own businesses. They're just taking on part-time jobs that might pay more. Maybe they get a couple of part-time jobs and together those two pay more than one full-time job. So I think the, the great resignation, I think the pandemic hastened that, if you will. It was, the resignation was going on before the pandemic. People have been burned out. People are tired. They want to try new things and everything. And they and as we saw this hybrid workforce, you know, the employee kind of had the bag there. And it's like, well, if I can't work remote 100% of the time, I'm going to go somewhere else. Well, what we're seeing, interestingly enough, is the big raises weren't there necessarily. So it was seeing a lot of lateral movement, movement towards maybe culture that people want and everything. The raises haven't been there, and unemployment continues to be low, but our workforce is aging out. There are a lot of dynamics playing here, you know, with the great resignation. Right. I, I think that people have decided, you know what, I'm working eight, ten hours a day. I want to be happy at what I'm doing. I want to feel like I'm contributing or whatever. And as we look at savings and education and culture and all that balance that we're all looking for, it truly makes sense what's going on. We just have a bunch of other factors that are being thrown at us to boot a lot of other challenges within the economy and within the world in general. And I would say that if people are still resigning or looking at trading jobs or careers, if they are looking to work at home, that in and of itself can be a savings because you're not paying as much for gas. And I know for myself, I used to spend $40 a week on gas getting to and from work. You know, it's $120 a month. Well, as soon as the pandemic hit and I was mostly working at home, I was down to like 15 or $20 a week. So I was saving over half of my gas bill. So that was a nice chunk of savings. Well, and also you're probably not eating out as much, right? If you're at home, you're grabbing something out of the fridge or whatever, right? right. You're not eating out. You're not dressing to the nines every day. I mean, there's some ancillary savings going on, but but there are also some other costs coming in. I mean, you're probably running up your utility bill a little more. You're probably... You know, some people had to office up, if you will. I remember being in meetings, seeing people working in the downstairs basement corner, unfinished basement. And <laughs> I mean, we saw all sorts of different things, but, but, it, but it's a new accepted way of life. And I think people are a little more tolerant. So what are some other things we can do to save, just to put away money, whether it's in a savings account, an IRA, 
if you're getting a 401k through work, how do you increase that? Well, I think that you do need to take advantage of employee benefits. I mean, if you're being offered retirement at work with, let's say, some a 2% match, if you contribute 2%, on the surface, it sounds like, oh, it's a no-brainer to do that because you're leaving 2% on the table. Now, the, the comeback is, well, yeah, but don't you realize that everything's gone up exponentially high in the last couple of years? You know, you have to, you have to balance that out. And it, some of it comes down to behavior. Let's look at our own behavior. Let's look at our own discipline. There are ways to find, there are ways to find it. But, you know, if your employer's offer, offering you even base health insurance, that's a savings as opposed to having to go out on the market. And we're seeing those perks becoming available. I mean, this is, we are human capital starved in the workforce, regardless of what field, what trade, what profession you're in. I, I think it's even asking the question, you know, what are remote options? Even to those that are wanting us to be back in the office full time. I mean, can I work from home twice a week? And that, that cuts down on, on gas, you know, stuff like that. So I think it's keeping an open mind and, being willing to ask the questions and have the discussion. And I think it's it's important to identify different savings vehicles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with the 401k at work, especially if the company's been a match, that's like free money on the table. And you should really try to um, capture that as much as you can. If you're not able to, because of debt, get out of debt, right? And, and then put that money... Uh, away and 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 get that match from the company because that is that's very valuable um, and it, and the time value of money is very important. The, the, the sooner you begin saving, the more opportunities you have to earn more in, in those kinds of accounts. A 529 uh, investment account for higher education is another savings vehicle that allows you to pull money out tax free for the education of a child. So that that's very helpful. Health savings accounts um, for for medical expenses. That's another uh, great option. So there's a lot of things that companies often provide. And and if people can, you know, sit down with their HR and and understand what those benefits are, that's a great first step in in improving their, you know, savings and, and finding the right vehicle for their given situation. And I would recommend if anybody, they work for themselves or they don't have the employee match if you are going to be regularly saving money, putting away, like Marlo, you had mentioned early on, try to find a high yield savings account or a CD. They always pay a lot more interest. But if you need more disposable income than waiting 12 months for a CD to mature, these high yield interest rates, I have one that right now is paying 4% interest. And mm-hmm. my normal regular bank pays 0.12% interest. So that's a huge difference. If you have enough money in there, you're going to see, you know, $100 a month extra interest coming back at you from these accounts. Yeah, no, that that's that's great. And, and that gets to the point of, you know, looking at your different savings options that, that are available to you. So that, that's really important. We need to take one more break. When we come back, we're going to change gears just a little bit. Talk about you may have some unclaimed property out there that you didn't even know about. So we'll be right back with Susan Spears. She is the CEO of UACPA and Marlo Oaks, the Utah State Treasurer.
Welcome back to Money Making Sense, the show that talks about all things money. Today, we've been going back to basics, talking about how to save money. Joining me today is Marlo Oaks. He is the Utah State Treasurer, and Susan Spears, the CEO of Utah Association of Certified Public Accountants. And before we move on to unclaimed property, which some people may not have heard about, I just want to go back to, since we're a month out from filing taxes, if anybody hasn't filed their taxes, is there any way for people to save money or get money back on their taxes right now? Well, a couple things. We often don't think about this, but if you're if you're in a lower income bracket, let's say you're making under 50000 a year, look into the earned income tax credits, number one. Number two, you can file your taxes for free online. Um, if you go on the IRS website, they have six or seven vendors that you can file your taxes for free if you're making under $72,000. Okay. So that'll save you a few dollars just not having to pay for the, the software. So, so keep in mind, earned income credit, that comes into play. That's a sliding scale calculation depending upon how much you make, how many dependents you have, and so forth. Sometimes we've seen that up to just under $10,000. If you can utilize that over the year, that I'm sure helps things out. There's still tuition credits available. If you're going to university, get your tuition credit statement, take advantage of those American Opportunity credits and all that. And then child care credits. We often, we kind of forget about those too. I mean, if you're paying daycare expenses and your income levels are within a certain parameter, Again, depending upon how many children you have and how much you pay, again, as a sliding scale, take advantage of some of these credits because those credits offset dollar for dollar on your tax liabilities. So potentially you can pull more of your refund back. So you know, just a word to the wise, be aware of some of these things that you can take advantage of. Okay. And if I did already file... And then all of a sudden I went, oh, no, I never looked at that. Is there a way for me to go back and get those credits? Yeah, just amend your tax return. And your software would give you the ability to do that. Or contact your local CPA and we'll help you. Yes, this is where CPA is definitely helpful, even if you have to pay a little bit of money. But, I mean, I think what might be helpful is if you go to one of the free websites, fill out the form, and before you actually file it, print out a copy and maybe take that to the CPA because then they're not doing quite as much work and you don't have to pay as much. Right. It's a great idea. Okay. So Marlo, I want to know, Utah's passed some legislation about how we could claim or get some unclaimed property, but let's start with explaining what unclaimed property is and how we'd know if we even have property out there that I don't even know about. Yeah, and people think property, they think of like land or something. This is actually more money because businesses end up with money that isn't theirs. And with about three years of non-contact with the owner, then they need to send it into the state. And so the state, and it comes into my office in unclaimed property. And then it's our job to reunite that money with the rightful owner. And so we had an overpaid medical bill in my daughter's name. It was about $100, and, and we would have never known unless we went to the website. It's mycash.utah.gov, um, and you can look for your name or even a business that you may have had in the past or you know friends, relatives, that sort of thing, and then you go through a claims process um, where they ask for identifying information. Because it's .gov, 
you know, you can, you can rest assured that we have very strong security around the information that is shared. And so people should feel confident sharing social security numbers, things like that, that, that helps us identify who they are. Now, with this last legislative session, there was a bill passed that will allow us to match the tax records, you know, the tax information that people have, that people sent in with unclaimed property so that we have the most recent address and we know who people are. So if somebody has uh, money that is owed to them, that's $2,000 or less than $2,000 and the data matches, then a check will automatically be sent out in the mail. And so that will ease a lot of burden. Number one, if people haven't even looked at the website. Number two, if the dollar amount they look at and they're like, well, I don't want to mess with that. Or, you know, they just don't feel comfortable. This will allow us just to send out the check automatically. So we're really excited about that. Do you know if other states have enacted this legislation? Because I know if you live in any state in the union, you can go to your state.gov website and do the same thing. Search for unclaimed property. If you do find unclaimed property in any other state, you have to fill out all that paperwork you were talking about. And I know my own mother is all squeamish about, I don't want my information out there. And I'm like, it's too late. People have already got it at this point, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But have other states passed legislation where if if you have less than $2,000 of money owed to you, it'll just automatically be mailed to you if you've filed your taxes and they have correct address? Yes, but it's state taxes. So this is just the state tax information before we're not looking at the federal information. So in another state, you would have most likely had to file state taxes in that state this year, for example, in order to get a check back. Otherwise, you would want to go to to their website, fill out the information. You know, I think all states are very careful, very sensitive about the information that is collected, and, and we're very careful that that does not go anywhere or get used any in, in any bad way. So my mother's father, my grandfather, passed away 20 years ago or so, and when I first started hearing about unclaimed property, I was curious. So I started, you know, plugging in my name and my parents' name, and then I moved on to my grandparents' And my grandfather does have almost $2,000 in like CDs or something that had never been cashed in. So I did tell my mother because she was the executor and she had all of his information, social security and that. And she refuses to send this in because she's afraid that they're going to get her information. She doesn't feel comfortable with that. So could you please tell her, her name's Laura, tell her what she needs to do. (laughs) Because the website is a .gov website, it is very safe to submit this information. She can also reach out to to our office and, and we can have a conversation with her. Because I know some people uh, may not have access to the Internet or aren't on, you know, electronic computers. Uh, you know, kind of older generation doesn't feel uh, is comfortable around that kind of technology. We have a phone number that they can call in and and ask questions, and and we can help uh, identify different ways that the information can be matched. All right. Well, good to know. Is there anything else we need to know about the unclaimed property uh, legislation? That Again, that happened here in Utah, but other states could have the same thing where all of a sudden, if you filed your state taxes, 
you might get extra check you didn't know you had coming to you. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're very excited about that. It'll take us a little bit of time to kind of iterate through this and, and make sure that, you know, everything is lined up and ready to go. And then, you know, I just want to make sure that people, uh, when they receive a check, understand that this is a legitimate check and this is their money. It's not the state's money. It's your money. And we're just trying to get it back to you. Susan, any last thoughts before we end about trying to save better or unclaimed property? That How does the unclaimed property work on taxes, by the way, if you get some money back? Well, it's like Marlo said, this is your money. I mean, it it's just been separated from you. So it's not a taxable event. So no tax on that. Um, but I have a question for you, Marlo. Mm-hmm. Are these monies going to be sent to people that have unclaimed property as part of their state refund? Or is this a separate check? Yeah, it'd be a separate check. Okay. Yeah. So we don't have auto deposit right no. now. Okay. Because I know that question will come up. Mm-hmm. So so keep that in mind. State refunds, you can do your paper check, your auto deposit or whatever. Unclaimed is still that separate issue. And I would encourage all of our listeners that just as part of their filing their taxes that, you know what, get onto your website your state website and and look for that unclaimed property. I mean, it's kind of surprising. I mean, I found some even of my own. It's like, oh, I forgot. You know, you just kind of completely forget about things. So Yeah, and and it comes in every year. So uh, mycash.utah.gov, this this last year we got $77 million um, new that came in. So every year we're getting... Millions and millions of dollars. $77 million of unclaimed property money? Yes. Yeah. So it's a record. And, and we feel good I, if we get... I think $70 million of that is mine. <laughs> you just like send that my way, please? <laughs> yeah, go online and let's make sure uh, all the information matches. It's all yours. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, thank you again so much, Marlo Oaks. You are the Utah State Treasurer. And Susan Spears, the CEO of UACPA. Again, UACPA is a sponsor of Money Making Sense, and we are so glad to have you along. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can email me with any questions or topics you want to hear about at hkelly at ksl.com. That's h-k-e-l-l-y at ksl.com. And because this is Money Making Sense, you can subscribe for free on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, and you'll never miss another episode. Thanks for being a Money Making Sense listener. Follow your common sense on the social media. Money Making Sense on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.